0: The commies have no clothes. It's high noon for Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. And the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com or if you're having problems. Go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 182nd day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You thought you reached the finish line. You thought you found Utopia on November 3rd, 2020. And then you found out. Nope. Then you thought on November 7th, when the media told you Joe Biden actually won, you thought that was the finish line. Then it happened again on December 14th and again on January 6th, and again on January 20th. But somehow, you have this suspicion that the finish line has not yet been crossed. That's not what you were promised. How did it happen, Kami? How? And now you think, if we just censor them, then the finish line will be crossed, then we'll feel safe again, then our utopia will finally become real. But that doesn't work because you already censor everybody. What about rounding us up? You want to do that, Kami? Will that finally make it feel better? You want to round us up? There are people out there calling for it. You're going to call them COVID camps or camps for the unvaccinated. Got to quarantine them if they won't do the right thing. And inject themselves with an experimental gene therapy that has a higher likelihood of killing them than coronavirus does. You know, assuming they're healthy and not over 70 years old. Because coronavirus really doesn't kill anybody that doesn't fit that profile. Healthy people don't die from coronavirus. Young people don't die from coronavirus. What you really want is just to put people in camps. It would be nice if you could admit it, commie. Of course, if you admitted that you were censoring people and forcing medication on them that they don't want, violating the Nuremberg Code, and then, you know, justifying state violence against people who don't agree with you, You might actually have to internalize the fact that you guys are the ones who are doing what the Nazis did. Doesn't matter how much you say Nazi, Nazi, Nazi to everyone else. They're not the ones trying to make people take medications they don't want. They're not the ones censoring you. And no one anywhere has called for the government to round up. You commies. I don't say that. No one else does. Not that I've heard. Which is crazy, isn't it? Because the commies are actually the ones colluding with foreign nations to try to take down the United States. And they're the ones trying to attack their fellow citizens. Right, commie? You guys are the ones... Making lists of the bad people. You guys are the ones that want vaccine passports. A little mark just to show that you're on the good team. Doesn't hurt. We'll give you the ID. You don't even have to pay for it. We just, for our safety, need to know that you're one of us. Right, commies? That's how it goes, isn't it? Some of you have actually realized this. Some of you have realized that you inadvertently joined a hate movement and that now that's exactly what you're supporting. And I hope you did. That's great. If you realize that voting for Joe Biden was a grievous moral error, I'm proud of you, commie. Now you just gotta take the next step, and with that, I'd like to extend a warm Wednesday, high noon, welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Welcome to the show. Don't know how you got here, probably by accident, but I hope you stay on purpose. And if you do, some of the things I'm gonna say will make you feel like you're being attacked. You personally. Even though I don't know you and even though I'm not trying to personally attack you, what I'm attacking is all the very stupid and evil communist ideas you have in your head and you know you have them. That's why you voted for Joe Biden. But all you got to do is get rid of all those ideas and migrate back to America. We'll welcome you with open arms. Just make your amends and we'll all be so happy to see you now. Let's have a flashback to something that idiot you voted for said.
1: Wow. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you let's, know? let's how talk about here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader, trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened. That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. So there you
0: have it. Joe Biden never spoke to his son about his foreign business dealings. But we should look into Donald Trump. Oh, OK. Well, did we already do that? Oh, yeah, we did. Did anything come out of it? Nope, of course not. Why is that? It's because Trump didn't do anything wrong, isn't it? But tell us again about barisma, Joe. Tell us again about the prosecutor, Joe. Hey, Joe, remember this? Excuse
2: me. Please respond if and then this we're going to have follow-up If this stuff is questions. true
3: about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq, if this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you simple. a corrupt politician.
1: Nobody. Hey, President the
2: Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue me, of race. We're talking about the, the issue. From hell. President Trump, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, Trump I you've I have disc- to
1: respond to that. Please. Because, look, Very quick. there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is has all the care five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except them. His and his good friend Rudy Giuliani.
3: You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? that's exactly, what, is
0: this that's where you're exactly
3: going? what this exactly what this is cold. where he's going. The laptop uh, right. is Russia,
0: yeah. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia.
2: I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Mr. Here we go President, again with Russia. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've described the Black Lives Matter.
0: Now, how does that look in retrospect? Joe Biden has a long history of lying to the nation. And obviously, he's not the only politician that does that. But there's something really amazing about the righteous indignation that Democrats always employ whenever they are caught. For something they actually did do. Hillary used to be the same way. Obama the same way. Joe Biden. Just knows that the media is going to cover for him and that his political allies will cover for him and that he's not going to get thrown overboard no matter what he says or does. That was in the debate. The the final debate. The Kristen Welker debate. End of October last year. Like 12 days before the election. And of course, he shifts the claim off to someone else. He's not going to stand there and defend this stuff himself. So he appeals to authority and says that 50 former intelligence officials say that Donald Trump is wrong. It's been totally discredited. The laptop is Russian disinformation. He said that to the nation, knowing for a fact that the laptop was real. He told, I think that was uh, Peter ducey in 2019, that first clip was from 2019, September 2019. He told Peter Ducey that he has never talked to his son Hunter about his international business dealings. Now, why am I playing these two clips? Here's why. This is from last evening in Just the News. This is John Solomon and Natalia Middlestat. Shades of Clinton. Joe Biden used private email to send government information to Hunter. Emails on laptops seized by FBI show State Department information flowing from VP to son regarding release of American prisoner. In a communications backdoor reminiscent of Hillary Clinton's infamous private server, President Biden fake President Biden, used a personal email account during the Obama years to send information he was getting from the State Department as vice president to his globetrotting, foreign deal-making son, Hunter Biden. Messages, sometimes signed Dad, from the email account robinware456 at gmail.com were found on a Hunter Biden laptop seized by the FBI in December 2019 from a Delaware computer shop owner. Now, pause for just a second and remember, that even though we didn't hear about the Hunter laptop until Rudy Giuliani brought it up in October of last year, the FBI had it since December 2019 on that laptop is absolute irrefutable proof of rampant criminality and corruption, as well as Hunter Biden's drug use and Hunter Biden's. Obsession with prostitutes. All that's on there. The FBI had all of it. They didn't do anything about it. They had it for 10 months before Rudy Giuliani ever mentioned it and before the nation ever knew about it. Why would the FBI have a computer with evidence of rampant corruption and fraud and not do anything about it? That's such an interesting question. Maybe one day we'll have an answer. I think we will. But what else did that laptop answer? That laptop contained information that would have immediately nullified the second fake impeachment. It would have made it look ridiculous. And the FBI could have brought that up and told it to us. But instead, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all the Democrat communists in the House, started an impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. And when the FBI got this computer, that impeachment inquiry was already going. And they could have used the information on that computer to save the country from being put through that nonsense. But that's not really what the FBI does anymore, is it? Reports now say that 12 out of the 18 people involved in the kidnapping plot regarding Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan last fall were FBI agents or informants, 12 out of 18. They instigated the entire plot. Can't wait to find out what we'll get about 1-6. But back to the article. We'll go into some of that other stuff later. Some of the messages from the Vice President to his son, obtained by Just the News, were deeply personal. Others were political in nature, and still others clearly addressed business matters, often forwarding information coming from senior officials in the White House, the State Department, and other government agencies. For instance, in late November 2014, the U.S. Embassy in Istanbul sent an email to the State Department that was then forwarded to senior advisors to Joe Biden, including national security expert Michael Carpenter. Providing an early alert that an American named Martin O'Connor was about to be released from detention in Turkey. The lead attorney for Mr. O'Connor reports that the court granted the detention appeal and he expected Mr. O'Connor to be released from jail today, barring any unforeseen problems. The U.S. Embassy in Istanbul wrote in an email that got forwarded to top Obama administration security and diplomacy officials, including current Under Secretary of State Victoria Newland. Mr. O'Connor will not be allowed to leave the country until his next hearing, which is set for December 11th, 2014. The lawyer expressed confidence that he will be able to leave after that hearing. The attorney is handling his release arrangements, pickup and temporary housing near his law firm's office. Istanbul consular plans to speak with Mr. O'Connor after his release. State Department officials forwarded the information to the vice president's office, where Biden aide Colin Call now fake President Biden's undersecretary of defense for policy, sent it to Joe Biden's private email. The vice president then sent it to his son, Hunter Biden, with the subject line forward. Mr. O'Connor being released from detention today. It's kind of interesting that Joe Biden had other people in his office sending him this information to his private email. Wonder what that means. Maybe other people knew about it, huh? Can't wait till we find out what Obama's private email was. A former senior Obama administration official confirmed to just the news that some administration officials knew of the robinware456@gmail.com four, five, six at gmail.com email address for Joe Biden and used it from time to time. I saw it used to communicate with his family and friends or to pass information to them. The official told Just the News, speaking only on condition of anonymity because of fear of reprisal. Oh, who would carry out that reprisal? Is that the corrupt Joe Biden? Uh Uh-huh. The emails obtained by Just the News show numerous Obama administration officials communicated or were aware of the private email address or had their information sent to it, including current Secretary of State Tony Blinken. In January 2013, Blinken emailed Joe Biden at his private email recounting a colleague's conversation about the Pulitzer winning journalist, author and screenwriter Richard Ben Kramer's last minutes before dying. At the time, Blinken was Joe Biden's national security advisor called to say that he was with Richard Ben Kramer in the hospital before the latter passed and they were talking about you till the end. Blinken wrote the vice president and his family, including Hunter Biden. Richard apparently said he was gratified the country is finally finding out what he knew about your leadership and talents many years ago. That Sounds like a North Korean regime. Isn't that amazing? The Secretary of State just blatantly kissing Joe Biden's ass in 2013. How did Tony Blinken get his job? Well, I guess we know the answer. Beyond establishing that Joe Biden sent government information to his son... The existence of the private email address also raises questions of federal law. As Hillary Clinton's email server showed, Biden had an obligation to preserve any emails involving his government work under federal records law, even if he used a private email address. The Presidential Records Act required Joe Biden to make sure that any of his Gmail account emails, including these emails to Hunter Biden, were forwarded to a government account so they could properly be handled by the National Archives, said Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. No wonder the Obama White House wanted to protect Hillary Clinton from the consequences of her email shell game. We might know more beginning next year, added the veteran public records watchdog, when Judicial Watch and the public can begin filing FOIAs for Obama White House emails. The White House press office did not respond to a call and email from Just the News seeking comment Tuesday. George Messires, Messires, something like that. A lawyer for Hunter Biden also did not respond to an email seeking comment. Hunter Biden on a few occasions reached out directly to his father on the private email address to ask for help. The memos from the laptop show in January 2012, for instance, Hunter Biden forwarded a request to have the vice president prepare a video message for an event honoring Texas Democratic activist Ben Barnes. We are working on it. The vice president wrote his son in reply on another occasion in June 2014. Hunter Biden suggested someone he wanted to see appointed as a detailee to the Treasury Department. Before you fill the positions, please talk to me. Hunter Biden wrote his father. Isn't that great? Hunter Biden gets to weigh in on hiring decisions in the Treasury Department. It's almost like Hunter is operating an international corruption scheme and using his dad's power To not only get the jobs, but then influence hirings. Is that corruption? Yeah, that's corruption. Is it obvious? Uh Uh-huh. Is it on the laptop? Yes. And the FBI has had that laptop since December 2019. The media organizations and the social media companies covered for Joe Biden. They put out the story that 50 former intelligence officials claimed the laptop had all the makings of Russian disinformation. And they did so without any evidence at all. Isn't that incredible? Different standards of evidence, depending on whose side you're on. It's like when they say there's no evidence that the virus came from the lab in Wuhan. Well, yeah, there is. There always has been. And they say there's no evidence of election fraud. But yeah, there is there always has been the standard of evidence here is an impossible one to reach because they will say all claims have no evidence, despite there being tons and tons of evidence. And because the media and the social media companies have created a censorship regime, they're able to tell all the little commies out there, the Joe Biden voters. That there's no evidence and they're like, yeah, I know there's no evidence. So crazy. Why do they keep saying these things that don't have any evidence? They actually believe there's no evidence. So they'll hear Joe Biden say it and they'll be like, yeah, he's right. There's no evidence. That's what I've been saying to people, too. And there really is something incredible, especially about those Joe Biden statements that I played in those clips earlier, the commies basically figure that if Joe Biden is saying it, there must be some way in which it's true. And they're not going to do the work to figure out what that way is, but they will read some headlines that agree with them. And they'll be like, yeah, see that the journalist did all the work. They proved that Joe Biden was telling the truth. I'm not going to read their article because why would they have written it unless it was true? And then they just run around being like, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. Hey, commies, there's evidence for all of it. We wouldn't be saying this stuff still if there was no evidence. That's you guys. With Russian collusion. And the crazy thing is, you still talk about the Russian collusion thing, even though your evidence has been totally and completely disavowed by everyone, including your side. Okay? The Steele dossier was fake. It's not evidence. It never was. Although it is evidence of Hillary Clinton employing Perkins Coie, and our intelligence community and foreign intelligence to create a story to smear her opponent. But it's not evidence of that. Don't worry, commie. Trust Don Lemon. But back to the article. So Hunter Biden just asked his dad to talk to him before hiring a treasury official. The vice president responded, call me right away, dad. Isn't that nice? Joe Biden knows that Hunter Biden is the smartest man he's ever met. And he's like, you know what? If Hunter wants to weigh in on decisions of who we should hire in the Treasury Department, well, he's the smartest man I know. I guess I better talk to him. And then he emails him from. Robin Ware 456 at gmail.com. Hey, who's Robin Ware? And thinking about that, it's funny because I actually was searching for who Robin Ware was a couple of weeks ago, and now I can't remember why. I'm going to figure this out and put it together. Politics, including the potential for Biden to run for president in 2016, were sometimes the subjects of emails coming to and from the Robin Ware four, five, six at gmail.com account. Former U S Senator Ted Kaufman, who succeeded Biden as a Delaware Senator after serving decades as his chief of staff. Oh, I guess the people must've loved him. Sent an email on November 3rd, 2014, that included a Wall Street Journal article negative to Hillary Clinton, a potential 2016 challenger to Biden before the vice president declined to run that year. The article was entitled Hillary Clinton's Wall Street Problem. In case you missed it, Kaufman wrote Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's late son, Beau. The subject line read excellent. When a poll came out showing Bo Biden was still popular as attorney general in Delaware, the vice president used his private email to applaud. Strong, he wrote, signing it with his name, Joe. And isn't it so great that Joe Biden put his son Bo in position to decide what crimes in Delaware would be pursued? Who better to do it than the son of the man who commits all the biggest crimes? Sometimes, Vice President Biden's messages to his son took a more personal note, like the day Wall Street Journal broke the story in October 2014 that Hunter Biden had been discharged from the Navy over a positive cocaine test. Good as it could be, Joe Biden wrote in an email chain that included the article forwarded to the vice president's email address by White House staff. Time to move on. Love, Dad. The vice president also flashed some of his trademark self-deprecating humor, once forwarding and astronomy story suggesting a planet be named for him from his private email. Joe Biden wrote his family only time in history. The subject line was why I deserve more respect. Joe Biden is kind of amazing. I mean, he's basically a dumb guy who thinks he is all powerful and invincible. He's basically O'Doyle (laughs) from Billy Madison. And. He's just cheering O'Doyle rules as his car just careens off a cliff. That's what's happening right now. I'm surprised he hasn't yet appointed a horse as consul. Just go full Caligula, Joe. You know you're already there. Imagine what kind of person Joe Biden actually is. He says he has the temerity to stand up at a debate and tell the nation that this laptop has been totally discredited. It's not real. It's Russian disinformation. And he tells the nation again and again that he never discussed business with his son, Hunter. None of his foreign business dealings. Joe Biden doesn't know what anyone's talking about. It just so happens that hunter got a job with Barisma and then look at this I have this prosecutor issue. <laughs> Just two random events happening to the same family. Totally crazy, huh? How could anyone have ever believed that? Right? And what are we supposed to think honestly about our peers, for instance? Who will actually go and try to defend this. You know, like I said at the beginning, it is a grievous moral error to have voted for Joe Biden. I 100% believe that. I will stand by it and I will never back down from that statement ever. It does not matter who it applies to. Everybody, every human makes moral errors. Okay. Some of us make grievous moral errors. Every single person who voted for Joe Biden, did exactly that. I don't care if they're my family member. I don't care if they're my friend. Again, I've made moral errors before, okay? And if someone was going to say, hey, you made a big moral error there, I might be like, yeah, you know what? I did. I wish I hadn't done that thing. That's all. I'm not saying anybody should be put in prison. I'm not saying they're irredeemable. I'm just saying you made a grievous moral error. And you did. You voted for the next step toward Nazism, fascism, and communism. That is exactly what you did, and that is a grievous moral error. And you are going to find out that you also supported the theft of an American election. You literally support the disenfranchisement of the majority of people in this country. You did that. It's a grievous moral error. I'm sorry that I can't describe it in a nicer way to you. It is what it is. That's what you did. You made that decision consciously and proudly because you were too ignorant and too short-sighted to take responsibility for your decision. You used it as a virtue signal because you're in the party of false decorum and you thought it would impress people that you want to impress pretty simple but again these people listened to joe biden accepted what he said and then went out and ran cover for him okay i'm not joking at the beginning of the show every day when i say joe biden is the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in american history that is a fact okay You can see it all the time. You could spend every waking moment studying Biden family corruption and not get to the end by the end of the year. For real. That's what the laptop is out there showing. Jack Maxey, who used to be on the war room, he's been deep diving into that laptop for the last, what, almost seven months at this point. And he's not all the way through it. That's a lot of stuff to get through to unwind all of the Joe Biden corruption, because all of the Joe Biden corruption intersects with all of the deep state corruption, all the Democrat Communist Party corruption and all the global communist corruption. You think he wasn't dealing with bankers in Delaware? We already know that's true. The nation used to report on it. The nation is a socialist rag, and they used to report on it, okay? As left as you can be. They know Joe Biden's a criminal. Pretty much everybody knows that. But there's just this one segment in the middle that pretends it's not true, even though they know it. What they'll say is that they don't know it. They'll say whatever you tell them about the situation, whatever the reporting says that they could easily read on their own, they'll say it's not true because they want to believe that there must be some way that it's not true, right? If it was true, someone would be doing something about it. The FBI, right? Or the Congress. Someone would be doing something about it. But no one's doing anything about it. And that means that they would have to accept that the whole system is similarly broken. And that's what they don't want to accept. Because that means that all the things they believe might be wrong. And then they'd have to spend the time figuring out what it all means. And it would also mean that the people in government aren't actually watching out for us. And they're not. And the crazy thing is that even the commies will say that. They just won't say it about anything that matters. It doesn't matter how much Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are caught. Doesn't matter how much proof comes out that Nancy Pelosi is responsible for January 6th. And Jim Jordan today actually said that Nancy Pelosi could have done something about this. She had the information she chose not to. And we know already from Revolver's excellent reporting on public documents that the FBI and other law enforcement agencies were involved with instigating the violence that day. Thank goodness we have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who are actually stepping up and telling the truth, like Jim Jordan, But the idea that the government is this beneficent protector of the American people is crazy. And it's strange that Biden voters won't accept the truth. They don't want this stuff to be true. So they pretend it's not. And then when someone mentions it, they pretend that they don't know. So it's not their moral responsibility. And they also believe that you don't know because they're the smart ones. And if they don't know and the news hasn't told them, then it must not be true. Could you imagine living your life that way? Could you imagine carrying on relationships that way? Nothing is true until it gets reported to you by the mainstream news. Nothing is true until you have. Just overwhelming, irrefutable evidence. And then you finally decide to accept it. That's the standard. It doesn't matter how much evidence comes in. It doesn't count as evidence until they themselves decide, yeah, okay, I accept it. And the crazy thing is they're running out of opportunities. Like that strategy is a doomed strategy. They're not going to have a choice about whether or not to accept it. It's all coming to light. At some point, everyone is going to know. But until then, we get the cover ups. And today we got more cover ups. Nancy Pelosi decided that Jim Banks and Jim Jordan, two Republicans, that Kevin McCarthy assigned to the January 6th commission would not be allowed on the commission. Why? Because they would ask the right questions and we might get the actual answers. And that's not good enough for Nancy Pelosi. And rejecting these representatives from being on the committee is so egregious that even rhino Kevin McCarthy has stepped up.
3: Speaker Pelosi has taken the unprecedented step of denying the minority party's picks for the Select committee on January 6th. This represents something that has not happened in the House before for a select committee by the historian. It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution. Skipping
0: ahead here just in the interest of time.
3: Made it undeniable this panel has lost all legitimacy and credibility. And it shows exactly what I warned back at the beginning of January that Pelosi would play politics with this. For more than six months, you have a better example of the Senate, bipartisan. Schumer didn't pick who went on as the Republicans. They already have the report done by two different committees. Two main questions. Why was the Capitol so ill-prepared for that day when they knew on December 14th they had a problem? And what have we done to make sure that never happens again? Pelosi has created a sham process. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republicans, we will not participate. But we think it's too important that those two questions, why were we ill-prepared? Why did they know on December 14th? Why would they jeopardize the lives of the Capitol Police? We will run our own investigation. We have law enforcement. We have military. We have doctors. We have people from all walks of life. They want to know the answer. The American people deserve that. They don't deserve politics. They don't deserve destroying the institution. No committee in Congress will work if one person is picking all who can serve. This has not happened before. House Democrats must answer this question. Why are you allowing a lame duck speaker to destroy this institution? This is the people's house, not Pelosi's house. We will do our job, though. We ask to do our job. We want to do our job. I may object to the people that she put on the committee, but I respect her right to do it, just as every leader has done before. Destroy an institution for your own political gain. America expects more and deserves more.
0: A surprisingly powerful statement from Kevin McCarthy. He's done that twice in a month now. Maybe those trips down to Mar-a-Lago and up to Bedminster are making a difference. Or maybe he's just trying to save his ass because he's smart enough to see where this is going. And good for him. It's not going to work, but good for him. He just called Nancy Pelosi a lame duck speaker. That is hysterical. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean... It is pretty obvious that the Republicans, regardless of what happens with Trump, assuming there is not election fraud everywhere, no Democrat will win next fall. The Republicans will run the table. And he knows that. And Nancy Pelosi will be done at that point as speaker. But let's hear from Jim Jordan.
1: Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, the, the leader and Jim are exactly right. This has always been about politics, uh, and the, today's actions of the speaker just confirm that. But frankly, uh, and I've said this before, what else are they going to talk about? I mean, they've been they're so focused on the January sixth committee. What else are they going to? They going to talk about crime? The fact that crime is up in every major urban area in this country? They got to. They got to talk about the border crisis. I mean, think about this. March was the highest. Month on record for illegal crossings until April. April was the highest month on record until May. May was the highest month on record until June. Can't talk about that. They're going to talk about inflation. They're going to talk about the fact that the price of eggs is up, the price of milk is up, the price of bread is up, the price of gas is up, the price of an airline tickets up, the price of a use, the price of everything is up. They can't talk about that. So they're going to be partisan, and they're going to focus on this. But as the leader said, and as Mr. Banks said, I don't think they're going to address the fundamental question. The fundamental question of why wasn't there a proper uh, proper security presence at the Capitol that day? They're not going to address that. And only one person can answer that question. Only one. Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. My hunch is, my hunch is the reason I don't want to address that question, my hunch is, is because what happened all last year? The Democrats normalized anarchy. They normalized rioting and looting. And when rioters and looters attacked our law enforcement personnel, when rioters and looters destroyed small businesses, what did Democrats do? They went out and raised money to bail them out of jail, and they continue to talk about defunding the police, and in fact did that in all these major urban areas, which is why crime is up. So they don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to be partisan. They just want to continue to attack the former president. They want to play their political game. So I applaud Leader McCarthy for saying, we're going to do our job. We're going to continue to work and get to the bottom and answer the questions that the leader raised, the questions that, frankly, the American people want answers to.
0: Sounds like Jim Jordan knows what happened on January 6th. And it also sounds like he's ready to turn the spotlight onto Nancy Pelosi, where the spotlight belongs. And so it's not hard to see why Nancy Pelosi doesn't want Jim Jordan and Jim Banks on the select committee for January 6th. They would ask the right questions. They would not be using the committee to figure out new ways to call American citizens domestic terrorists, even though they are innocent and nonviolent. That's not what they would be doing. So that's not going to work on Nancy Pelosi's commission because Nancy Pelosi's commission is a cover up for Nancy Pelosi's responsibility that they will also use as a tool to attack American citizens, which is not what government is supposed to be doing, is it? Now, what else is Nancy Pelosi covering up? This is from Town Hall this morning. House Democrats block bill to declassify intel on COVID origins. By a vote of 216 to 207 Tuesday evening, Democrats in the House of Representatives blocked consideration of a bill that would require the Director of National Intelligence to declassify information related to the origins of the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic. Specifically, information about any role the Wuhan Institute of Virology may have played in the pandemic's outbreak. The COVID-19 Origin Act was introduced in the U.S. Senate by Josh Hawley and Mike Braun and passed unanimously in May. Representative Michael Burgess of Texas brought the COVID 19 Origin Act to the House floor for consideration with Brad Wenstrup of Ohio and Darren LaHood of Illinois, explaining its importance shortly before Democrats voted down the measure Tuesday night. So they don't want the public to know what our intel communities know about the origins of coronavirus? Why would that be? Oh, they're trying to cover up for China. They're trying to literally protect China. Again, at the beginning of the show, when I say that Joe Biden is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, I say it because it's true. Also true, so are all of these Democrat communists. Eric Swalwell still sits on the House Intelligence Committee. What possible benefit could there be to the American people or to America and its national security by blocking the declassification of documents related to the pandemic origin. We know where it came from. They just don't want to admit it. And they know if they don't admit it, then the media will continue to imagine that it's all unknown. There's no evidence. There's plenty of evidence, first of all, that's already out there. But the Democrats are literally blocking the evidence. Why would they block it if it said, oh, yeah, it was just a bat in the wet market? (laughs) Are they trying to protect the bat? Oh, wait, they're not just trying to protect China. They're trying to protect Anthony Fauci and they're trying to protect Bill Gates. Isn't that incredible? If they released those documents, then it would be obvious that the virus came from the lab and that Anthony Fauci perjured himself once again before Congress yesterday. And remember why Anthony Fauci feels so confident in answering questions that way. He knows they'll protect him. He's been dishing out money all across the world for decades. He has been controlling the funding of medical and scientific research around the world for decades. He thinks he's fully protected. He thinks he's untouchable. He thinks he's invincible. But he's not. And he's going to find that out too. And also recall yesterday The clip I played of Woodcock and Walensky answering questions about how many deaths there were for Americans under the age of 18 without significant comorbidities, without major health problems. And Roger Marshall suggested that that number was zero and neither woman contested his claim. And part of the reason why is because they know it's zero. I know Tucker talked about this on Monday night and a bunch of people have mentioned it. I would assume that you probably all know, but I also think I would be in some way remiss not to talk about this and establish it before I continue saying this as common knowledge on future episodes. But the Federalist just covered this today. This is Audrey Unverfirth. It's a very interesting name. Johns Hopkins study found zero COVID deaths among healthy kids. A team of John Ho- Johns Hopkins researchers recently reported that when studying a group of about 48,000 children, they found zero COVID deaths among healthy kids, but the Centers for Disease Control doesn't care. Dr. Marty McCarry is a medical expert and professor at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, Bloomberg School of Public Health, and Carey Business School. His research team worked with the nonprofit. Fair Health, to analyze approximately 48,000 children under 18 diagnosed with COVID in health insurance data from April to August 2020. After studying comprehensive data on thousands of children, the team, quote, found a mortality rate of zero among children without a pre-existing medical condition such as leukemia, end quote. Rather than acknowledge this scientific reality, Macari says the CDC continues to use flimsy evidence to push COVID-19 vaccine upon children. And masks, by the way, as Macari noted in The Wall Street Journal on Monday, the implications of his team's research are huge. If our research holds, it has significant implications for healthy kids and whether they need two vaccine doses, Macari says. After all, quote, the National Education Association has been debating whether to urge schools to require vaccination before returning to school in person. How can they or anyone debate the issue without the right data? End quote. Macari's question is obvious, but no less timely. Macari says inflated COVID death counts continue to be corrected and, quote, revised downward. And yes, they do. But rather than combat institutional distrust with scientific data and discussion, Macari says the CDC is avoiding transparency and rigorous inquiry. He slammed the agency on Monday, saying it overcounts COVID hospitalizations and deaths and won't consider if one shot is sufficient. According to Macari, this problem is systemic. Macari says a tremendous number of government and private policies regarding the vaccination of children are dependent upon one questionable data point. The CDC claims three hundred and thirty five children under the age of 18 have died with a covid diagnosis in their record. However, Macari reports that, quote, the CDC, which has twenty one thousand employees, hasn't researched each death to find out whether covid caused it or if it involved a pre-existing medical condition. Without these data, the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices decided in May that the benefits of two-dose vaccination outweigh the risks for all kids 12 to 15, McCari notes. I've written hundreds of peer-reviewed medical studies, and I can think of no journal editor who would accept the claim that 335 deaths resulted from a virus without data to indicate if the virus was incidental or causal and without an analysis of relevant risk factors such as obesity. And the article goes on. But let's take another listen to that clip yesterday. It's a short one. This is Rochelle Walensky of the CDC, the director of the CDC,
3: and Dr. Woodcock, who is the director of the FDA. Thank you, Dr. Woodcock. How many children under the age of 18 without a pre-existing condition, a significant health condition have died from COVID in this country?
0: I don't I don't have that at my fingertips. I'm sorry, Dr. over over 400
3: without Pre, without health oh, that, condition.
0: I I, that, I don't that. So I think without.
3: the answer is probably zero. So I think if you if you take a deep dive, most of the children that have died had some type of underlying health condition. Listen to how they answer
0: that. Rochelle Walensky. Oh, I don't know. She tries to get the 400 through. Thinks that's going to work as if she didn't hear the question. She didn't understand the question. But Woodcock says, yeah, oh, oh I, uh, I I, don't have that data at my fingertips. Oh, really? It's hard to recall zero. Are we supposed to pretend that they are unaware of Macari's work? Of course, they're aware of it. Otherwise, they're completely incompetent. And isn't that interesting? It's almost like their incompetence provides them cover. In fact, that's exactly what it does. And that's why they're playing stupid about something they surely know. They can't get in trouble for their ignorance about such a basic and necessary fact, they could get in trouble if they told the truth. Imagine if they answered, well, yes, yeah, Senator, it's actually zero, but, you know, we still want to protect them and vaccinate them anyway, even though they can't die. How would that how would that work? How would that work with parents knowing that with them admitting it so they don't admit it? They plead ignorance. And. And. It is totally incompetent for them not to know. It's totally incompetent for the CDC to have not studied that. It's critical information that deals with the lives of children. These are real people's real children who could die or have their health negatively affected for the rest of their lives because they're being injected with an experimental vaccine for a disease that cannot kill them. Isn't it incredible all the things they just choose not to study? And the way they answer is so funny because it reminds me exactly of what Anthony Fauci did yesterday. I didn't play the clip, but he was asked whether or not he has Mark Zuckerberg's cell phone number. And he claimed not to know. He was like, well, well, you know, I can. I can uh, check my uh, I can check my phone if if you want me to, but I I don't really know if I have Mark Zuckerberg's telephone number. Who in the world would believe that? Did he forget? Is he wondering if maybe the Facebook overlords tapped into his phone and took the number off there? He's actually not sure if the number's there he's like well you know it was there because we've been you know talking and texting for a year now but maybe it's not there <laughs> what in the world could he be talking about but he does it anyway he lies with such ease he takes such joy in it and i have to hope that the country is finally seeing this i watched a clip of a uh, of Don Lemon's show last night talking about the Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci exchange and of course as i said he cut it off and went right to the part where Fauci was yelling at Rand Paul saying he doesn't know what he's talking about and of course Don Lemon adds his commentary which is like what what is what is Rand Paul doing who does who does Rand Paul think he is like this is this is just this is crazy. It's, it's so weird that that's how they communicate. Like Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Rachel Maddow. They just will play a clip and then just act with their righteous indignation. They're trying to make the audience think if you buy into the bad side, if you think that what the no-no people are saying might be right, I don't like you anymore. That's what Don Lemon is saying to his audience. You're stupid if you believe them. And somehow that tactic is really effective on the commies still. And before I go, let's check in with CreativeDestructionMedia.com. This is from this morning. We're switching gears to election fraud. Breaking. Evidence soon to be presented to citizens of grand jury of interstate conspiracy to manufacture and harvest counterfeit ballots for use in 2020 election. Well, that sounds like a big deal. Eyewitnesses to ballot manufacturing and harvesting operations in Arizona during and after the 2020 U.S. general election presented information to state officials in late 2020, early 2021. They were ignored. The information is now being brought before a We the People case using a citizen's grand jury in Georgia. Evidence is provided below that ballots were sent to Georgia from Arizona. Below is also an expert testimony to be presented to the grand jury. The information regards a firm called Fieldworks, which was suspected of election fraud in 2016. Information is also below showing evidence of illegal ballot harvesting in Georgia. And if you want to read the statements and the direct evidence, go check that article out, creativedestructionmedia.com. It also appears this morning in the info stream on Telegram, where you can always pretty much see all the stuff I'm reading and thinking throughout the day. Now, this story is going to eventually be huge, and I don't know if this will be the thing that breaks the dam or if it's something else. I think it'll probably be Lindell's stuff, and I think it's probably going to come in the next few weeks. We're going to start seeing a lot of things ramping up to a climax. But this thing in particular is eventually going to get nailed down. You remember Phil Klein from the Amistad Project had with him a delivery driver who took a truck full of ballots from Bethpage, New York to Lancaster, Pennsylvania and was told to leave them in a parking lot. He went to sleep that night. He went back in the morning and the trailer was gone. We've also heard stories about Runbeck printing out all sorts of additional ballots to aid in these voter fraud schemes. And now we have Fieldworks. Okay? These are companies printing ballots that are then taken to other states and used in election fraud schemes. We've been talking about this for months and months, but it is just one other aspect of how deep and systemic and intentional the cheating was. And it's important not to lose sight of that, okay? Remember that there are thousands of people in this country who can prove election fraud at any single moment just by coming forward and telling the truth. They could just make themselves whistleblowers, deal with the consequences, and tell the country the truth, but they haven't done it. Or I should say more accurately, we don't know about the ones who have. But it's critical to understand that there really are people everywhere who can prove all this stuff In irrefutable ways, we just haven't gotten there yet in terms of what we know. And why is that? Well, if you ask me, I would say it's part of a strategy. And one might call that a plan. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masked and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's
1: broadcast.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order.
2: Quince.com slash style.
0: In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator.